Hey, little tone. I think I might have forgotten how to do this. <laughs> What's done been that long? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while. Yes, after the long Christmas New Year break, welcome to the first 2022 episode of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational podcast. This is a talk show where my daughter, Little Tone, and I get to re-educate one another from our very different locations on the generational spectrum. Speaking to you, dear listener, from my home in Elmley Castle in the beautiful English Cotswolds countryside. I'm your co-host, Big Tone, and here's my darling daughter, Little Tone. How was your Christmas and New Year, Little Tone? Well, I spent some of it with you. It was cracking. Thank well, you. I was, I was and I didn't get COVID, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> None of us got COVID, which is great. But um, yeah, it was nice. I went up to Cotswold to see you for a few days and then I uh, went to Mum's for actual Christmas Day. And then Tom and I managed to sneak in a couple of day trips to see some friends outside which was nice and, and was i didn't get COVID. yeah and you didn't get covid it was tom's first uh it was tom's, tom's first visit to Elmley castle wasn't it yeah it was yeah. Um, that was really nice and uh i think some of the things that we didn't realize we'd really appreciate when we were there were things like because obviously we're going through a house renovation just like being in a clean space with no like, like brick dust and you know just uh having someone else cook because I nearly always cook every night hmm. um, and obviously kicks food's really nice and being able to go for a nice walk on the hill with you. Yeah, that was great. We even did a little video for our listeners. Yeah, we did. And a jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. Well, it, makes, it makes me want to have a jacuzzi now. That's the only problem. Yeah, that is lovely. It really, really it's is. Awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So back to business. Back to battle. <laughs> so on our last, our last episode, we, we chatted about a couple of things. Uh, but in particular, we talked about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial in uh, wherever it was, New York. Um, and at that time, I think the jury was about to go out, was it, when we last discussed it? Anyway, I know we hadn't got a verdict by then because we now, so that was like almost, our last episode was like mid-December, I think. Um, so uh, there was no verdict and it was seemed to be taking quite a long time. Since then, we've had a verdict of guilty on, I think, all but one count but there's been further developments I wonder what you thought about those further developments um well I've only seen the headline um Mm -hmm. well while I was with you she was found guilty wasn't she and it was going to be something like 65 years Mm. and then um uh and then you sent me something saying that she was going to appeal on the grounds of uh sexual abuse as a child no 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 um no uh, she she was she she's definitely indicated that she's going to appeal, but they haven't set out what their grounds are yet. Um, are you sure? But, I swear. Yeah, I no, no. I, I know what I know. What you're mistaking that. Uh, I know what I know. The, you you are confusing that. I think. Well, hang on. 
well, I would say the almost certainty would have been that he would have been bumped off the jury because both sides, defense and prosecution, have a certain number of challenges. So they can challenge a juror um, and, uh, you know, as long as they don't exceed their number of challenges, then those jurors are gone. So uh, I'm afraid that it looks almost certain. Uh, th this is now going to be investigated by the court, uh, but it looks pretty pretty certain that there will be uh, probably a retrial. Um, what an absolute idiot. Yes, because he's really... Because think of all the money that has been spent. Think of all the money that has been spent, but think also of the... Um, of the fact that the victims are going to have to go through all that ordeal again. Well, it's also, it's an opportunity, isn't it? It's an opportunity because the defence know all of the tactics that were used in the first round and they're going to come back and try and combat them with new ideas, aren't they? Very so They're going to look at all of the holes in the first case or all of the yeah. weak points and then they're going to exploit them. Yeah, that's a very good comment. Of course, that does apply to the other side too, though. Um, you know, because they, yeah, ex exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just so, it's just so unfortunate. Um, I wouldn't have thought that there would be a different result though. Uh, but of course there's always that possibility. Um, so that's, that's where we are. So I, I think we're probably, I think the judge has set out some kind of timetable or is about to set up, out some sort of timetable for how this is going to be how this is going to be how this is going to go but i i would imagine in about a month's time we'll probably know um a month or two's time probably we'll know whether there will be um a retrial so very very in a way, unfortunate if, um, if it came to light that she had suffered sexual abuse that would have been a even more complicated wouldn't it because when someone's yeah. um mentally uh challenged by their past or whatever or you know medically challenged then it's hard to know where the fault lies well that wouldn't have altered her guilt it might have lessened her sentence which not, not... Well, might not even have lessened a sentence it just might have changed where she she spent it <laughs> well maybe you know? I, I actually that i think that the sentencing is still going to go ahead uh, as planned i think the judges said you know well this isn't going to derail the process you know we'll mm. look at this but it's not going to derail the process so it's it's going to be um, interesting to see you know how that plays out so that that's gillane maxwell's case and where we are on that so it'll be very interesting to continue to watch that the other thing of course is prince andrew i don't know anything about this so you're going to have to fill me in okay so Prince Andrew has been Prince Andrew's legal crack legal team, very expensive legal team, uh, has made an attempt to have the lawsuit thrown out. This is the law I'm referring, obviously, to Victoria Guffrey's. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, Guffrey or Guffrey. Her um, her lawsuit are. Uh, on the basis that, what was the basis? 
my poor old mind. My, this is the, when I, you're this end of the generational spectrum, your grey matter starts dying. Oh, God. <laughs> and I've forgotten now what, what the... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course it was. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, yes, there was, a, there was a settlement agreement that Victoria Gaufray entered into with Jeffrey Epstein. It was that uh, settlement agreement was procured by an attorney who also happens to be one of the people that Victoria Gouffray is accusing, right? It, it does get more interesting. Okay, all right, go on then. Uh, so th this settlement agreement has only just been released. The court decided to release it to the public and when I saw it, I thought, he's going to get this case thrown out <laughs> because it's like, couldn't be very much clearer that she agreed for, for a payment of half a million dollars. Victoria agreed not to pursue any claims against Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, well, he was, you know, he's the one that she was in the lawsuit with, but also not against any potential defendants associated with him, which you would think that Prince Andrew would come into that description, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this and I thought, well, surely this, surely this is going to get thrown out. And then, the, so anyway, the thing went, the thing went to court, the judge considered it. And from the way the judge talked, it sounded as though he was going to side with Victoria Gouffray because he asked the kind of questions he asked to both sides seemed to indicate that that's where his sympathies lay. But I, th I have a different view of that. I think that he was just playing devil's advocate with both sides and he was sort of testing out each side's arguments because it got quite compli complicated the way that that went. But anyway, not to bore you to death, uh, where we are now is that the judge said, I'll come back to you very soon with a decision, but he didn't make a decision on the spot. So he deferred his ruling. And we still haven't got that ruling. And we're quite a few days. I think we're at least we're a week or maybe a little bit over a week since that hearing. Uh, and, and he hasn't decided yet. Uh, and I worry that he's struggling because I think probably from one what he wants to do is to allow the lawsuit to go further because, you know, it's pretty clear that he's got a serious case to answer as Prince Andrew. Mm -hmm. But I think this document is a bit of a problem because it is pretty clear. So it might, you know, it might get thrown out. What do you think about that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I think about it. But I don't see how Prince Andrew keeps nibbling his way out of things. Like <laughs> well, I, that was what I was really thing. asking you about, not so much the technical and legal aspects, but how do you how do you feel about how do you feel about the I fact feel pretty shocked and also not shocked that the monarchy seemed to be protecting him still. Um I would have thought with the monarchy's reputation being a little bit unstable at the moment, 
with English people that they would be more inclined to let him sort of like pay his dues and go to prison. Well, it's, not, it's, not them. it's not them, is it? It's the judge that's making the decision. The judge in no, New York. I, think, I would imagine in some way that they are, they have been complicit in, in some secret keeping or hushing it or helping with legal well, the, you're right. That the, you're, you're right. I think the Queen's paying his legal costs, or certainly. And you and how does she survive? <laughs> Off of our money, so you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. she makes any of her own. So, I just think that it's it would be in the interest of protecting the monarchy to let him take, you know, let him be accountable for his actions rather than protect him for for what he's clearly done, in my opinion. But he's finished anyway, isn't he? I mean, whatever happens with this lawsuit, I mean, let's say he lost it and he was ordered to pay, I don't know, $5 million or something. He would probably, you know, the Queen would probably have to pay that anyway. But his his reputation is absolutely in shreds. It is, but I mean, I think it would be a huge loss if the Queen had to pay that because it's not her money, you know, and it means that the, the, this this man who's supposed to be representing our country with his title is being bailed out by by his country folk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know it. where this old English language has come from. <laughs> from his countrymen, you know, we're... we're I'd much rather see that money go towards giving doctors pay rises and nurses pay rises than bailing out paedophiles. <laughs> well, we should say that Prince Alleged Andrew... Alleged Yes, thank you. Alleged Pr paedophiles. Prince Andrew denies all charges. Um, and after all, he is innocent until proven to be otherwise. Uh, but there is a bit more to talk about here. About Prince Andrew and this and and his accuser in particular. Okay. And over the weekend, there was a very, there was some very interesting media coverage of what I think it was. Let me just see if I can get make sure I get this right, but I may not get it right if I can't find it quickly. Um, one of her, one of the victims who gave evidence in the trial and I think it was the one who's called Caroline Caroline key witness in the trial Caroline Adriano according to what she said to the media she believes that Virginia is pretty much as guilty of sex trafficking as um, Ghislaine. Okay. So she says a couple of interesting things. First of all, you're very familiar with that photograph where Prince Andrew has got his arms around a very young Victoria, around her bare midriff, in, with mm -hmm. Ghislaine standing in the background. You're familiar with that, right? So what, as I understand it, Carolyn says is that she texted, she meaning um, Victoria, texted Carolyn, who was a friend of hers at the time, and said, 
you know, words to the effect of, I got to sleep with him last night. And it was like she was saying how feeling it was pretty cool. She was bragging. Bragging, that's a good word. She was bragging about it. And also, but more more serious than that, because um, actually I've always thought about that photograph. I mean, obviously the age and all that and consent and all that is a very important part of it, but I've always thought about it. It didn't look like she was having a terrible time in that photograph. <laughs> I've always felt that. Um, but uh, the other, the, the the thing is that Carolyn says that she was then she Carolyn was roped into it. She was recruited into this whole thing by Virginia. Why do I keep calling her Victoria? Sorry, it's not Victoria. It's Virginia. Virginia Gouffre, um She says recruited her and other girls. And that was at a time when Virginia allegedly was an adult herself. So a young adult, no doubt, but she was an adult. And she was, so she was doing the things or, or she was part of the, what they call the pyramid scheme, you know, to get these girls in. So it does rather, all this does put a bit of a different complexion on it, doesn't it? Well, I watched, um, I watched a Netflix. I don't think it's actually Netflix. It might've been originally BBC, but, um, uh, series like a, a limited series about these three girls that are sort of like roped into a pedophile ring and there is a a young girl who's kind of helping to recruit you know these young people and th that's why I was saying it was complicated before you know if you're dealing with uh, abuse or emotional health issues you know that can be part of why someone thinks it's okay to act that way so it's quite difficult to hold someone who's been abused accountable for their actions in inflicting the abuse on others. This is what I was saying. I think it's a quite, quite difficult. Obviously it doesn't remove their guilt, but you know, when, you know, the reason why there is a legal age of consent is because we have to protect young people and their understanding of what a healthy sexual relationship is. And it's not healthy for someone that's 20, 30 years older and someone to 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 be uh what's the word like grooming them with gifts and and stuff like that in exchange for sexual favors but this it was a really interesting program because they tried to the, the police tried to sort of like go after one of the girls for her her um role in kind of like um facilitating it with other young girls and they couldn't in the end because she was a victim of abuse too. Yeah, it's a good, you it's know? a good, it's a good point. Yeah, it, it's it's a good point. But I think that it does give a bit of a clue, doesn't it, to as to why Virginia wasn't called by the prosecution in the Maxwell mm. case? Because I think how old it, is she in this picture? I the, think the I'm gonna. One. I think I want to say she's seventeen in that picture. So she's it's it's a you know. She's a year older than consent. Really. In the UK, but the, the age of consent varies wildly across the world. And but where I've, are they in this picture? In that picture, they're in London. But but I think that uh, what she's saying is that she, was, uh, she had um, relations with Prince Andrew uh, in other, in parts of the US where it wasn't. Where, where it where that seems like a pretty weak argument 
Well, not really, because it's where the act took place. And this is in New York. If they're in a, an established relationship, he's English and she's English. Where is she from? Virginia was from the States. She now lives in Australia, I think. Oh, okay. But the point is that if it, it doesn't matter if somebody comes from another country to England, for instance, and, um, you know, has sex with an underage um, uh, woman, girl, uh, then he's guilty by reason of British law and he's on British soil. And that is so... But the, it is kind of complicated if, for instance, if it was like a... British man and a British woman, and she's seventeen. Then she, even if she's sixteen, she's le she's of consenting age. So it would be odd for someone to be able to have a relationship like that in the UK, and then go somewhere like in America and be told that they're not allowed to have one, even though they have an established relationship in. Well, the I country mean, this wasn't they... a relationship, was it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Like you said, she looks. She looks like she's consenting in this picture she's not like pushing no her body i said she no no i said she's she didn't look unhappy yeah in the picture i that's, mean but then again you don't know because pictures are deceiving aren't yeah, well that's they? true like, also yeah that's also a very very good point but i think it's a it does give a because all the lawyers were saying that i was listening to at the time that the trial of maxwell trial was going on they were all saying where's virginia why isn't she here why haven't why isn't the prosecution called her she's mentioned every day in the trial why isn't she here and i think it was that it was a gaping omission and i think that uh, this really shows that there there are, there is a big sort of weakness in her position i think it really comes out by what carolyn has to say but anyway let's leave that case because obviously we are now very much waiting with bated breath for the judge's decision on whether to throw this lawsuit out. I'm thinking he might go with throwing it out, but I, you know. Bloody gross, though, isn't it, that someone that old would go for someone that young? Yeah, it sure is. Now, finally, finally, what do you think about Novak's Novak? I think it's stupid. <laughs> no, so, I don't what, what, you, you you introduce okay i'll introduce it so um he got no, novak djokovic got a medical exemption um and uh he, as you probably know he's a novaxer hence novaks no novaks novak um he's a novak he's an anti-vaxer uh won't have a vaccination um but he got a medical exemption from Australia, arrived to take part in the big tennis tournament in Melbourne, which is about to start um, in a Grand Slam tournament. He wants to defend his title there. When he arrived, they, the, the, all, the, the situation completely changed because the Prime Minister of Australia decided to, I think, become a bit of a political opportunist and, and jump on the bandwagon of, of people who were saying it was outrageous to give him an exemption. He's, however, he's got good lawyers, has Novak, and uh, he just today he was. It was found that what they did in cancelling his visa was unlawful, oh. and it's and it's been it, it's been reinstated. However, the, apparently the government still, the federal government still has the right to cancel it anyway. And, but I, you know, I, I think that would be such a bad thing to do if they did that. But, um, you know, he, 
the reason that he the reason that his medical exemption was okay was because he has had on the 16th of december he had, he's he had covid right and therefore but if you've had covid you know you're you're presumed to be have natural immunity to it but um yeah certainly at this point as well like you know this is very close to when he had it the slight problem being though that he's pictured on the 17th of december <laughs> mixing with children with uh, not wearing a mask <laughs> so so that it's there's probably a lot more to this so be, idiot. what's but, wrong with these people i know i know but um yeah so it's going to be kind of it's going to be interesting to see what the australian government decide to do because there are people I mean, who sounds, are it sounds like he has a fair you know having had COVID recently, it sounds reasonable that he should be able to perform in it. However, sports are one of the highest contributors to the rise in cases. Sure. And you would hope with something as elitist as tennis that they would lead by example. And uh, Leaving the, the Novak side of it, so tons of people are getting it though, aren't they? I mean, yeah, here, here, I, I, this is the worst it's been in terms of people I know having it. Like everyone, it's, it's just ripping through everyone. Yeah. In saying that, though, that most of them aren't having a bad time with it, a hard time with it. Even it seems to be milder, but but not everyone. I have I have got friends that have been having a really bad time with it as well. And my my elder sister Helen, who's in her mid seventies, um, she's I just found out last night that she's got it, and she's she's not having a good time with it at all i mean she's not seriously ill so there's nothing to worry about but she she's finding it very unpleasant well um, the, the worst thing about it is that it finds the weaknesses in your body and it basically exploits them you mm. know so that's that's the the bad bit about it because you're getting through the initial flu bit is rubbish but then it's over but it's the long-term problems from the underlying health conditions that seem to be really really difficult it must be affecting your business. Yeah, it is big time. Mostly just because of how people feel about the rise in numbers, even though it's not been as serious this time. I think the the politics that's going on about the fact that, you know, there's ambulances waiting to offload for 20 hours, you know, that's pretty scary. Nobody wants to go. Hospitals won't even release the amount of transmission they have yeah. because I think it's probably really high. Yeah. Um. But it, it's just, I think that the numbers in London have plateaued a bit, but they still, still seem to be surging in other areas outside of London. So you would hope that things, the numbers will start to go down by, you know, mid-February. But I am feeling very conscious about getting it again. Like I'm mm. just feeling very like, worried about it. Because even though it's mild, it, you just never know how your body's going to react. No, and, and that's the thing. I'm just talking to somebody in America, actually, who who's um, who's had it, and didn't have a, didn't find it at all much of a problem. But she says she knows many people have had a lot of problems with it. Yeah. And she was also talking about quite serious heart problems connected with the uh, what's the American version Vax of the visor, the the, the, the American uh, version of the um, Moderna. Vax, Vax, Moderna, thank you. Uh, you know, so there's been apparently in children, there have been some really quite serious 
Hot well, I have a really good um, friend, um, a friend over here who's had a heart reaction to the Pfizer. And I have friends over here that have heart conditions and are not allowed to take the vaccine because mm. it's it, it's known to uh, cause like, is it ryth rhythmic, rhythmic, whatever the word is. Eurythmia, something like that. Is it? Yeah, yeah where, yeah, where they get like a, an uneven heart. Yeah, sort of whatever. It affects the electrical system of the heart. Anyway, we've come yeah. to the end of our half hour, my dear. It's gone flown by. Thank you for your interesting input on our three topics. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for sticking with us and uh, being here for our first of 2022 episode of our podcast. We love to get your feedback. Do visit our Reeducating Dad Facebook page. And either you can send us your feedback privately, as a lot of people prefer to do that, or post a comment or whatever, always lovely to hear from you all. But for this week, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>